Welcome to The Blueprint, a podcast for you and your life as a professional. The people I have conversations with don't have to be famous. They have to be making a living doing what they do. My goal is to get you the information you need to make real decisions. Start a career, change a career, get your money right and get a handle on your operations. This is a career day in a box podcast. I am Philip Llanos, and maybe this is the blueprint for you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode with Sharnay Tunson. Now, the reason why I invited her is because, as you know, I'm doing a series of episodes on the ballot to help inform you, uh, the listener, about who you may want to consider. And I did my own homework and found that this was someone that was easy to find publicly. And as you know, if a public office is looking to be elected and they're not easy to find publicly, there's something wrong with that. And you'll be surprised to know that you're not only going to be listening to someone who has had long-term history with education, but also does a lot of grassroots work to help people, even in other countries, especially with the pandemic happening right now, to learn about uh, technologies and opportunities available to them with distance learning, because places like the Philippines, and uh, they just don't have the, the technology there yet. So there's a lot of dropouts, and you can imagine how difficult that is. So you're about to not only hear the ins and outs of what it looks like and what the power structure looks like in a community college district, but also understand that you're not alone when it comes to like, I don't know how to vote. And this is coming from someone who's running for office to make sure that happens. And you'll be surprised to know that she comes from a family who has worked hard and has been there firsthand through the college experience, which all of us know is not easy, especially if you're of my of minority ethnicity. It makes it even a little more challenging because the money may not be there for you, even though you should know the money is there has been there, and you'll find out where it's actually going. And if you vote for someone like Charnay, I guarantee you're going to have a person of the people in office for you. And without further ado, Charnay Tunson. I'm very, very grateful to have the opportunity to talk to you because uh, I can't tell you, when I opened the ballot, I was like, wait a minute. Why was it that there was, I mean, I, you have to do your own research, but the thing is, nobody ever teaches people that. Schools don't teach that. Yes, correct. You know? That is so correct. Um, and that's exactly like one of the things you're doing is you're running for a, for a seat uh, to influence the way um, I imagine financials are distributed amongst students, et cetera. Um, curriculum development. I mean, uh, what what encompasses all that? You know what? And, and it's so great that you asked that question because I um, I was really doing some deep research about the position um, and it mimics a lot what a school administrator does. And that is, you know, what my background is in, but um, also policy development. So making policy and submitting it to the board of governors for approval, um, looking at the overall academic and organizational growth, including facilities of the nine campuses. Um, and then, you know, there is the board actually informs um, educational programs. So when you talk about educational programs, that's where you see like the series of courses that lead to a specific degree or certificate or diploma. Um, and then also the individual courses. Um, and then of course, traditional things like the calendar, the school calendar, holidays, closures, um, the academic standards. So what things students need to do to receive the diplomas and the degrees. And then the huge thing is the budget, you know, the $5 billion yeah. budget that they oversee. So that's 
crazy. Um, and then, you know, um, establishing the student fees, um, establishing the employment practices, which includes salaries and benefits. And then this new thing that really hasn't been a priority, in my opinion, of the board are the student equity plans. Um, and we, we see a lot of challenges around um, lack of diversity and inclusion for Black students in particular. Um, and then the fun things like they get to confer the degrees and even identify individuals to receive the honorary degrees. So it's a long laundry list of things that the board is responsible for. But what, what's really concerning is the lack of oversight. Um, there's no oversight really of the board. In fact, when, when I looked up the accountability process and the evaluation process, the board completes a self-evaluation every fall. That's it. They police themselves. And they're <laughs> basically. And it, it's done in an open forum, of course, which not very many people attend the board meetings. Well, but who knows where to go? When I saw that, <laughs> it, thank you. That's that's the first thing. But it's like you get you get this position and you get to decide whether or not you did a good job. And even if you say, oh, you know what? We struggled this year. We totally dropped the ball. Dropped the ball they continue on as if it's no big deal because there is no accountability whatsoever. So that is the, the problem. You know, right Shanae, now. Uh, one of the main reasons that, um, that I, I wanted to interview you is because uh, when I saw what you, the seat you were running for and I saw your background where, you know, everyone in your family has attended college and made incredible sacrifices to do it. You're no stranger to the infrastructure of colleges. And I'm sure you saw all the challenges that, um, that one would face uh, especially, you, you know, um, I, for example, have my own story where I tried to get financial aid for many years because I didn't grow up with my parents and um, I'm Latino and I speak Spanish fluently uh, without an accent, you know, without an American accent. And uh, what happened was <laughs> I went there to the financial aid office and the first thing they told me is, so you don't have your parents' information. No, my father was sick and my mother wasn't really around. Okay. And then they said, okay, well, I'm going to need you to go back to every job you've ever had. And I had a lot because I went to college late because I went straight to work and get a letter saying that you no longer work there. You want me to go to every job I ever had to get a letter saying that I don't work there at LACC? Uh, SMC was a little kinder to me. Um, and I was like, okay. And then I couldn't even file separately from my parents until I was 24. So at the end of the day, I, I didn't go to college and I found a way to become self-employed. But I know the struggle and that's why I know that it's important to decide who determines who is eligible for what. And given your background and how even your own mom had to make a sacrifice of putting her post-secondary education behind so that she could help you guys get to where you want to go. And then went back like a boss and finished her education. That's for, right. For me, that just tells me that you're running for this seat because you're passionate about what's going on. I see the work you do as a principal. I, I looked, you know, did a little bit of research and yeah. I really do think somebody that close to the, to the playing field should, should yeah. be given the opportunity to be in the seat. So why don't you tell me how accurate is that? And are there other reasons I didn't cover that makes you want to run for this seat? You know, that, that exactly, that exactly, you know, sums it up. This is my life. And I have these conversations with my husband all the time because he sees me like when I go after something, it's like all in. And I told my husband, I said, you know, there's two things that I am just like passionate about. I would do for free in a heartbeat. And that's, advocating for students and advocating for animal rights. Now, animal rights, that's a whole another conversation. Sure. But when it comes to students, you know, um, 
I really feel like there are too many adults in the education system that don't put students first. And it bothers me because in essence, we have these kids' lives in our hands. I have seen both extremes where students who were embraced by the adults that serve them to go off and do amazing things. And then I've seen those students who had adults um, not embrace them. And in fact, you know, uh, the total opposite of embrace, disconnect and push them away. And I've seen them end up six feet under in jail um, are just really struggling, you know, with through mental health. And we are their first line of defense. You know, there would be no other career if it were not for students. There'd be no professional athletes, no doctors, no lawyers, if there were no schools to produce those individuals. And teachers and educators have such an important role. And what I'm finding through this election is education is very political and it's very corrupt. And it saddens me. It saddens me to know that there are adults and professionals who are willing to sacrifice the future of students for their own personal needs and gains. And so when you say, I am very close to that playing field, listen, I, I laid all on the line for students and I also laid on the line for my teachers. Um, and and I, I don't want to come across as if like I'm anti-establishment, anti-teachers, it's all about the students. There will be no students without teachers. And I've made it, you know, a goal in any position that I've been in to support my students and my teachers as, as best as I can, you know? Right. Right. And and what I would say is uh, you know, given given what I read about um your your background, it, it seems like uh being a principal might have put you in a lot of places where you got to hear the stories and the backgrounds that students are coming from. Because yeah, as a prince, I, I only got in trouble once ever in my life and it was for talking too much. But I mean, it serves a purpose with podcasting, right? Now, <laughs> right, running, exactly. <laughs> running for, for for a seat in LA, uh, the, does it sound for the Los Angeles Community College District? Is that? Yeah, okay. correct. So how much influence does your seat uh, gain? Uh, if, if you are put in that position, like what what will you most likely make your first objective and how much influence do you have over that? You know, um, one of the things that I have said that I want to do first is is to work with the mayor to revamp the L.A. College Promise, because right now the L.A. College Promise provides first year college students, sorry, first time college students with free tuition for two years, in addition to other supports. Um, now, right due to COVID, there has been a large number of students that have had to step away from the community college, whether it's through, due to illness, whether it's to care for family members, whether it's to go to work full time. These students, according to the LA College Promise, if they were to come back, would not be eligible for that financial support. Oh, wow. So we need to take a look at revamping that program so that it continues to support our most neediest students. Um, it, it's so critical right now. We have so many students in the district that are food insecure. They're hungry. We have so many students that are housing insecure. They're homeless. We have so many students right now who don't have proper access to technology. Um, they were provided faulty devices by the board. Um, they don't have access to Wi-Fi. Um, you know, some of our students have been run off campus where they can have access to Wi-Fi. Uh, you know, we have a huge disproportionate allocation of funds. You know, we talk about that $5 billion budget. 
Well, in that budget, you know, we have about $20 million of that being allocated to security. Securing what? Our campuses are closed. $20 and million half dollars of that, to security on a college, on a community college campus? Yes. Half of that is, you know, a contract, a six-month contract with the L.A. Sheriff's Department, uh, which we know right now is very Sheriff's controversial. Yep. Absolutely. You know, and then they've allocated about a million to um, their equity and diversity social justice program, and then about 500000 to Title IX supporting women. So it's like, where's the priority to right IX? now? Yeah, the priorities are skewed. To, to, right. So you get to manage the budget. You're, if, if you're elected for Absolutely. this, you get to determine and say, no, 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 no. See? Yep. And, yes. and I took a look at your yes. social media. It, you you look loved. You look like you support a lot of grassroots movements. You're close to people. You, you're hardworking. I connected with you on LinkedIn. I mean, it was yeah. easy to find you. And I have a rule of thumb. If we're voting for someone to be in a public office seat um, and they're not easy to find publicly, there's something wrong with that. You know? Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And the funny part about it is that... Um, I'm running with a slate of three other phenomenal black women and um, our greatest challenge right now are three of the incumbents. And they've also put together a slate with um, one African-American um, woman and they were given a donation of a million dollars uh, from the LACCB teachers uh, union, AFT. And with a million dollars, you would think that they'd be plastered on every billboard, There'd be commercial. Oh, they pocketed that money, didn't they? Fancy mailers. Listen, here we are running together as a slate with probably our budget is probably less than ten thousand dollars. Yeah, but we are and in it's front coming of out of your pocket. I'm sure <laughs> every night. Absolutely, I heard. Absolutely, I you know, people have else. given what they can, but yeah, I, someone else told me you guys have to pay at least two thousand dollars to even get in the ballot. That's crazy to me. That's not true. That well, I that's guess, not I guess true, only though. for the judge seat then. Okay. No, so see, I'm working out the yeah, system. It, yeah. I'm working out the system yeah, because this I know. is what I want to do. I want to inform my voters because, uh, or p the voters and my, my listeners, uh, because first of all, we don't even know how to even get into politics. Like, right? They don't teach right. this. How did, I mean, did you, did you just ask and they let you in the door? Or I'm sure you had to fight tooth and nail to even get on the ballot. Well, it's very interesting. So I never in a million years would imagine I'd be doing this right now. Right, well, but, congratulations, um, yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm a part of a Facebook group called Black in the Valley. And one of the young ladies posted like, hey, there is anyone is interested in running for the LACCD. Um, we're going to have an informational session and we're looking to find some black women to educate on the fouling process and everything. And so I thought, hmm, LACCD, that sounds very interesting. Let me check it out. And so I started attending these Zoom informational meetings. And it really piqued my interest. It spoke to my heart. And I said, I want to do this. And together, we struggled together with a couple of volunteers to navigate through this process. We asked each other questions. We did research. We did this on our own. No one, you know, told us how to do ABCD. We struggled together as a group. And um, there's so much to learn. The whole endorsement process is a joke. Um, we yeah. see these ads about, you know, um, endorsed by, you know, the California Democratic Party or by this person or that person. Even though it's supposed to be nonpartisan. Let me tell you. <laughs> exactly. Let, let me tell you, we did, we did 
one endorsement process. It was the uh, Playa Vista Democratic Party. And so what happened is, first of all, you had to become a member of the organization. So I think it was like $25. So, okay, that's not a big deal. I'll join it. I'll join it because I have constituents in that area. So it made sense to me. Um, and then we had to fill out a questionnaire and then we had to appear before a town hall a meeting. And so we did that. And we thought, you know, I was super duper nervous, like never been more nervous about something in my life because this is outside of my comfort zone. I didn't know what to expect. It was a pure circus show. I was so mad that like at one point I got off the call because there was the union president from AFT there. There was the director of uh, their political campaign there. And there was a former student uh, board of trustee member. And those two employees, derate, they berated, they disrespected, they everything short of calling this young man out of his name in front of all of these individuals. And I thought, whoa, 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 wait a minute. This is how you as a faculty member treat your students? I didn't want any parts of that. And I and and then ultimately the that organization endorsed the incumbent and the entire incumbent slate. And I thought, this is what endorsements are about. I want no part in it. And I stopped filling out those requests. I deleted every email that I received to become a part of it. I said, this is not what I'm about. The only endorsement that I need is the endorsement of the students and the staff members and the community that I have served. And I I, I wouldn't do it. So, And, and that's been my, my platform to voters right now is do your own research. Don't listen to what these endorsements are about. Even just today, the LA Sentinel uh, sent out a, a, a release of people that in, they endorse, and they're endorsing Scott uh, Spunkin, who has lawsuits against him, who has been uh, publicly in me- trustee meetings disrespecting uh, women, who has awarded contracts to his friends and people that have donated to his political campaign. And the Los Angeles Sentinel, a publication that I respected because it's in the community that I serve, Crenshaw community, endorsed them. I said, that's that's it. Mm-hmm. I, it's a game. And I'm so disappointed. And so, you know, I implore to every voter to do your own research. We need to end this endorsement game um, because it is a game and it's all about the money. All about the money. I've received endorsements from a couple of just individual independent um, people that put together uh, some voter guides. And I, I had no idea someone told me about it. To me, that means the world because oh, like you said, guide, they did right. their research on me. Yeah, they, they did their research on me. They didn't reach out to me. They didn't ask anything of me and they make their own decision. And not only that, once they endorsed me, they didn't notify me. Someone else told me it was an, it was an organic endorsement. And that means the world to me. Yeah. That's because <laughs> they're endorsing me for who I am and not for, you know, what money I have to give them or to pat their pockets. So it's an interesting game, right? It's not, uh, the, there was something similar <laughs> that happened when I was interviewing the the person running for the seat of judge. And there's this scratch my back. I scratch yours. And it seems like everybody's got <laughs> dirt on each other kind of thing. And it really is what people expect from politics. It really is that game. And yeah, it needs to it be, shouldn't be that way. It needs to be changed. <laughs> it does, especially in education especially in education. I didn't get into education for politics. I got in to serve and fight for students. And it's a shame that I'm expected to play this game, but I am who I am and I'm not going to play it. Um, You know, at the end of the day, 
the people have the right to vote in whether or not I am elected. It doesn't mean my work stops. It just right. means that number one, my platform has been extended. You know, um, people like yourself that I've never even met before now understand what's going on and know what I am about. And now that it just increases my civic responsibility to fight for these kids on a different level. Wow. Th- that, that's just it, you know? Okay. I yeah. So, so here are a few things, right? Number one, how can young people, like what sources should we turn to? And not just young people, voters in general, anyone of voting age, what sources should we should we mm-hmm. turn to, in your opinion, uh, that can help inform us further for, you know, everything on the ballot? And um, and how else can people get in touch with you? What should they get in touch with you about? What, what can they offer you to, you know, how can they be your ears on the streets or how can they offer what they believe yeah. is needed? And because you're, you know, you're always busy making all the moves necessary to stay in the seat of power, yeah. you know, uh, does it means that sometimes you get removed from what people are hoping and wishing and praying someone would listen for, mm-hmm. uh, to. So twofold, right? So where, where can they turn to for sources? And the other is uh, yeah. h- how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, I think, to turn for for sources is you you've got to go to the source. You know, like you said, it shouldn't be difficult to find information on people that are running for office. It's a public office, so you should be out there publicly. Google these individuals and see what comes up. Right now, I was adamant about leveraging the power of social media. Um, LinkedIn is something that I'm very uncomfortable with, but I I went out of my comfort zone and started to really start to enrich my LinkedIn presence. Um, of course there's Facebook, there's Instagram. We do Facebook lives every weekday at 7 PM around different topics. Okay. You should be present. If you don't see a presence in the things that are on the ballot, then maybe you need to look in a different direction. Um, anyone that is running for office should have a website minimally. Um, they should have some type of platform that they're speaking to, that they're passionate about. Also look at what other people are genuinely saying. It should not be the same person reciting a script about this person. Look at the variety, you know, they're following because that speaks a lot about the people. Um, look at what they're saying, the words that are coming out of their mouth, the language and vocabulary that they are using. Are they inclusive? Are they specific? Um, you know, two of the challengers for seat one just the other day were talking about, they both said it, that it's virtually it's impossible for a black person to be elected in the city of Los Angeles because number one, the the population of black people is less than all the other uh, demographics. I thought, what does that have what? to do with anything? Um, and two, black people don't show up to vote. So even if oh, you know they God. did, and I thought, whoa, 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 what, what did you just say? Where are they even so getting their information things from? Things like that. <laughs> things like that. That's a red flag for me. Like, I don't need to hear anything else you have to say. You just put all black people in a box and that's not cool. That's not fair. Um, So, you know, you have to do your research. Um, I would be leery. Yes, you know, I mentioned three voter guides that I was featured in, but even still, who are those people that are putting together those guides? What do they stand for? Right. Um, You know, there there are websites out there like um, Voters Edge. And I think there's another one, uh, Ballot. Media, yeah, Ballot yeah, Topia, yeah. something like that, which That's I have to started. go and update my stuff on. That's where I started. Yeah. I didn't even know about that when I got an email from them the other day. So I'm like, okay, today when I'm done, I'm going to be up there just updating my information. Like those are non-judgmental, uh, non-biased. You just go there and you can compare. 
the people and you can compare the measures and in, 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 um, propositions right there and make your decision. So that's where people can start. Um, I would also say talk to people that you trust, admire, and love and get their opinion um, because that's important as well. Now, in terms of how they can reach out to me, I believe in being in touch with with my, my follower, my community, my voters, my constituents. Every night before I go to bed, I spend about an hour, an hour and a half responding to social media. I check them all from Twitter to Facebook to Instagram to LinkedIn. And I just go in and see who's commented, who's asked a question. And I spend time every single night doing that because it's important. Um, you know, even if someone just sends a message that says, hey, I voted for you, I humbly thank them right. and respond, you know, like, please continue to spread the word. I hope that I'm able to do you proud because they took the time to send me a message to let me know that they voted for me, that's important. And they need to be validated. I hear you, I see you, I thank you. You are more than just a vote. You are somebody who believes in me and, and that's important. Um, so I do my best, even, you know, outside of, of elections, when it's my birthday and you know, everyone posts on your wall, happy yeah. birthday. I remember one year I had like 500 messages and someone commented like, oh my gosh, Charnay, like you responded to every single person. I said, well, it was important enough for them to send me a message. I need to make it a priority to respond. And so I I am very um, accessible. You know, I made it easy for people to find me, you know, politically. I'm, I'm Tunson for LACCD on every platform, um, you know, and, and even on my personal, you know, pages, Sharnay Tunson, you Google me, you can find me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it's important. You know, my greatest joy as an educator is being able to keep in touch with my students from 22 years ago wow, and seeing what they're doing. And, you know, someone's getting married, someone having a baby. Like I am so proud. Like I remember when you were on your way to the principal's office, you know, and now here you are an adult being responsible and doing things. So, um, that that's how they can find me. And I love to teach. Um, that's my passion. And if, if students, that are part of the community college. And not even that, my daughter's a freshman right now at um, a Cal State. And I'm constantly asking her and her friends, you know, well, what what are you concerned about? What's going on? You know, I am an advocate of the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You know, for all students, it doesn't matter if you're not a part of the community college district. If you are a student, I'm here to serve you. If you're in a different state, um, let me know what your concerns are and let me do my, my research and perform my advocacy, I will advocate It sounds wherever. like your vision right now, is bigger than just this seat. It sounds like if you oh, can get all the way to the top of education, that's where you're going to be. You know what? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? That may be my retirement plan, but right okay. now, you know, I- I'm in the forefront. Um, I've had the pleasure of actually supporting teachers and educators in the Philippines and Vietnam. Wow, the Philippines um, and Vietnam. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, they have a huge disadvantage when it comes to distance learning. There's very little supports in place. And a few of them found me on Facebook when I was doing just training for teachers wherever. And um, about a month ago, I was invited to do a webinar that talked about the power of innovation through distance learning. And I'm currently developing an online platform because they have very limited um internet bandwidth over there right. and so i'm trying Distance to put their learning. training into bite-sized chunks like two and three minutes at a time so it's bigger than just here yeah. in in the greater You're los angeles area educator. i mean it's international like you I paid am. 
you took money out of your pocket to pay for pencils for students, kind of educator, grassroots, oh, a person of the people. That's it. I was, it was easy to find you. I, I see a lot of reasons why somebody should consider that. And actually understand that this is something they should have been doing all along, just like me, reaching out, connecting. Because otherwise you get a ballot and you look at the ballot and you go, oh, who are these people? And I have a feeling most people are afraid of admitting they don't know what they're doing, especially when you get to yeah. an adult age. So what you do is you, you vote for who, I don't know, this name sounds good, or I heard, think I've heard exactly. this name. I think I heard this name somewhere. So it must be, no, no, no. I'm, I wish I had done mail-in ballots the entire time I've been voting. Turns out from home, I can Google search everyone and vote as I'm doing it. So uh, yeah. uh, I just wanna say thank you so much for making the time. It sounds like you're really busy and, um, I, I can't wait to share this with my voters. Uh, like you said, they can find you. Uh, they can find you at uh, Shawnee Tunson uh, everywhere. At Tunson, it's Tunson, the number four L A C C D everywhere. Okay. There's my website. There's all the social media. Um, and please reach out. I love it because it lets me know that people see what what we're talking about. They see. They understand. And um, they empathize. Um, don't ever, ever, ever be ashamed that you didn't know before. You know, I want to say that that's one of the reasons why we, I've been going live every night because I'm one of those people that I would be like, oh, looking at commercials right. or maybe looking at mailers and, and you're checking it off, but ne that will never, ever, ever happen again. Um, I'm not ashamed to admit that was my practice before. Um, I'm right. learning. Same, you know, the reason here. why I have different guests. Yeah, the, the reason why we have different guests on every night is because I need to be educated. My ballot is not filled out yet. You know, I plan Still to wait the work. I've been yep. on every single thing and walk it in, you know? So it's okay not to know, but it's not okay to not find out. Yes. I love that. I love that. Um, yeah. So I'll be in touch with you and, uh, and I can't thank you enough for taking the time to help educate myself and the listeners. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Blueprint. I hope it was helpful. And as always, I'm open to feedback. Please follow our guest where they directed you to. And also connect with me on LinkedIn. Or you can even get more personal and connect with me on Instagram. Either way, let's network. Let's build. And let me know who else you'd like to hear about. What other industries and professions you're interested in. 